Greetings and salutations from Times Square, crossroads of the world. This is the Muni Lowdown, produced by DebtWire Municipals, where we talk about this week's most interesting stories in the municipal bond market. And I am your host, Young Lim, desk editor at DebtWire Municipals. Good morning and welcome to the Muni Lowdown, the podcast produced by DebtWire Municipals. Today is Tuesday, April 6, 2021. I'd like to welcome back to the show our reporter in Washington, D.C., Chuck Stanley. Chuck, how are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. All right. Always a pleasure. You're our uh, D.C.-based reporter, and we're going to talk about the huge infrastructure bill that's been proposed by the Biden administration. And I know this is a bill that's been talked about for years, and we know most places in the country need, uh, they need to repair aging infrastructure. So I know he, uh, the president released the details of the sweeping infrastructure plan last week. So Chuck, tell us more about the plan and tell exactly what it does. Absolutely. Thanks. Uh, thanks again for having me. Obviously, as you alluded to, the need for significant infrastructure investment has been something that, you know, both parties in Washington have had at least some level of agreement on for a while. And there's there's a sense that there's a need for a real push of investment. And last week, President Joe Biden unveiled his blueprint to inject more than $2 trillion into the economy. This goes across a broad swath of different sectors. And uh, investment in infrastructure was a core campaign promise from Biden during his presidential run, along with pandemic recovery. So we've known that since he was elected in November, infrastructure would be an area of focus early, early in the administration. And now that we have an outline for what he wants from Congress, we can see that the administration is really taking an expansive definition for what qualifies as infrastructure. So not just roads, bridges, and ports, or maybe broadband deployment, but also support for workers who provide care for children, uh, the elderly and the disabled, job training and research and development initiatives. And the idea is to spread this spending over eight years. I see. So basically just in time, I'm assuming he probably wants it done after his second term in office. So we'll see about that. (laughs) Exactly. Um, That's interesting. You're talking about not just typical infrastructure, but you talked about job training and research and broadband. So it's a very, like you said, very broad um, appeal in this, um, or I'm sorry, varied approach in this bill. Now, so since we're talking about, uh, you know, we covered that municipals, for debt wire. Tell us the impact specifically on the municipal bond market. Well, I think first and foremost, it's certainly going to put a lot of money in the hands of issuers, whether through more generous grants to transit agencies, uh, project-specific funding for areas of significant need, or modernization programs for public school facilities. In terms of issuance, I think we'll get more details once the congressional committees start writing the actual legislation that fills out this outline put forward by the White House. For major physical infrastructures projects covered by the program, I think you would expect state and local governments to contribute a share of that funding. Uh, And one particular component there could be a revival of the Build America Bonds program. This was a very popular taxable bond program created under Barack Obama in response to the Great Recession, where federal subsidies covered a portion of the interest costs on bonds. Richard Neal, who chairs the House Ways and Means Committee, has already said that a reboot of that program will be part of the legislation. Uh, Administration officials and Democratic lawmakers 
have also talked a lot about the need to incentivize an increase in private investment in the infrastructure sector. One way to do that could be an increase in the volume of private activity bond issuance. And I think you can imagine that tying in specifically with the administration's call to build out a network of about a half a million electric vehicle charging units in order to facilitate a transition away from gas and diesel powered vehicles. That's just one example of, of where that would fit well. Interesting. And build and bring back Babs. That was a great program back then. So that should be interesting. Let me ask you, Chuck, what sort of timeline are we looking at to, co- to see an actual bill come up, uh, at least for the initial vote? Well, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi has indicated she wants to bring the bill up for a vote as early as July 4th. And we could see major components like the surface and transportation bill by Memorial Day. But that timeline could depend on how much wrangling it takes Democratic leadership to line up support in the caucus, uh, given they have such a narrow majority in the House. Right. And I know infrastructure has, has been talked about as a potential area for bipartisan agreement. But it sounds like from what you're saying, it sounds like that's probably not likely the case. That's definitely how it seems. President Biden had expressed hope that this would be something where Democrats and Republicans in Congress could find some consensus or at least compromise. And you're right. uh, As you said earlier, the need for major infrastructure investment has been a point of rare agreement between Republicans and Democrats for years now. But the details and in particular plans for funding, that's always been a place where the agreement quickly disintegrates. And we're now seeing that there's not even really agreement on what actually constitutes infrastructure. So as you alluded to, this goes beyond roads and bridges. Uh, broadband deployment has been something that has been increasingly talked about as, as critical infrastructure. But when the Democrats talk about things like job training, uh, research and development, Republicans see that as really falling outside that bucket. And they were really quick to criticize this plan on those grounds. They say it just goes beyond sort of that infrastructure billing and spills into other categories of spending. And they're also really not happy about where the funding comes from. So President Biden has proposed rolling back some of the tax cuts for corporations passed by Republicans under President Trump, as well as implementing some measures to make it harder for corporations to lower their tax burden by shifting profits overseas. And combined, Biden says those measures will pay for the program in 15 years. Mitch McConnell, the Republican Senate minority leader, was very quick to come out against this plan. And he specifically cited tax increases and borrowing money for the plan as as real deal breakers from the Republican side. And obviously, if those are both off the table, your options to pay for an infrastructure plan are kind of limited. So what it looks like is Democrats are going to try to pass this through reconciliation That's a procedural measure that allows legislation to pass through the Senate on a simple majority vote. That's how they most recently passed Biden's pandemic aid bill. But of course, it means Democrats will need unanimous support among their own caucus in the Senate in order to get to a tie-breaking vote from Vice President Kamala Harris. And that includes senators like West Virginia's Joe Manchin, Arizona's Kirsten Sinema, who both tend to be more hawkish about spending. On the House side, they also don't have a ton of room for error. They hold an eight-seat majority there, and that means it would take just four defections to defeat the bill. Wow, that's razor thin. That's that's literally that's so close. It's going to be so close. So yes, you get, they have to. The Democrats have to literally hold the line to get this thing passed through reconciliation. Yeah, I imagine you'll see some significant dealing and uh, and and trading and in, in trying to appease both sort of their their more progressive left flank and more uh, 
you know, more middle of the road centrist members of, of the caucus. Right. And I believe the total amount is over two trillion, but I think there's already talk about like lowering it significantly. That's been a request from, you know, some members of the caucus. You've also heard criticism about saying that the scope just simply isn't wide enough. There's going to be some discussion and debate about about what ultimately comes from Congress, because that's where the bills will be written and, and packaged up. All right. Very interesting. But Chuck, great summary, great recap, especially for uh, bond, municipal bond market participants. I'm sure um, uh, we'll keep it closely in tune and you'll let us know what the latest developments are on this uh, situation. Thanks, Chuck. Thanks a lot. It'll certainly be interesting to see this un- unfold. Yes, definitely. All right. Many thanks to Chuck Stanley, our DC reporter, for his coverage uh, down there. And again, thanks to our listeners out there in Miniland who tune in week after week for the latest on Distress Media Dad on Mini Lowdown. Take care, everybody, and talk to you soon. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Mini Lowdown with me, your host, Young Lim. If you want to know more, subscribe to DebtWire.com and follow us on social media. Please leave comments, rate, like, and share. Join us next week when we talk about the latest in the municipal bond market.